One of the biggest news stories of 2023 was the breakout of a large language model AI, ChatGPT, and how quickly it became one of the most used tools in the history of humanity with reports of 100 million active users a month, just two months after its public release launch, according to Reuters. That wasn't the only sign of an AI revolution. Global venture capital funds earmarked for AI went from roughly $3 billion in 2012 to $75 billion in 2020 per venture beat. As of March 2023, Facebook slash Meta has shifted its top priority from the metaverse to AI per tech radar. With this much hype and money behind it, it's a certainty that artificial intelligence will change the world, right? It's very tempting to look at these numbers and make wild proclamations about the future. They are certainly eye-popping. However, there is a long history of products that were supposed to revolutionize the world which turned out to be duds. Outside of guided tours, when was the last time you saw someone riding a Segway? To be clear, I believe ChatGPT and other AI programs will change some industries very rapidly but will leave others relatively unscathed, at least in the short to medium term. Time is often the component that is hardest to predict, not only for technological breakthroughs but also when new technologies will be adopted widely. Because the closest historical analogy that we have is the personal computer, which, per Moore's law, doubled in power every two years, there is an understandable assumption that AI advancements will follow a similar curve. There are skeptics that believe that because the advancements needed for AI to reach its full potential have less to do with physical capacities and size of the data sets and more to do with deeper forms of thinking, that this progress will in fact be much slower. On the Ezra Klein Show podcast, episode a skeptical take on the AI revolution, guest Gary Marcus notes that deep learning is a key component to general artificial intelligence, but a focus on deep learning by itself ignores many other types of thinking, specifically abstract thinking. Without abstract thinking, the power of AI diminishes. He points to the needs for multiple systems to coalesce in order to create an AI that is skilled at a general intelligence level. He puts the time frame for this to happen at between 10 to 40 years. For the sake of this essay, I'm going to use 20 to 30 years as my time frame. This is roughly the amount of time between social media being introduced and now. As this is the last technological revolution of this scale, with the possible exception of smartphones, we'll use this to compare the pre predicted progress of AI and social media. Of course, predictions are inherently wrong, even if you're mostly right. For instance, in William Gibson's Neuromancer, the author predicts everything from autonomous drones to human-machine interactions in a proto-matrix. The one major thing he gets wrong is the complete lack of cell or smartphones. Everyone still uses payphones in Gibson's dreary cyberpunk future. I'll come back to this later. With that out of the way, let's take a look at industries likely to take up AI at a broad level. The medical field is an area where disruption from AI could make a huge difference. There is hope that the research times for new pharmaceuticals, so often bloated by dead end upon dead end, will be reduced significantly with the introduction of AI. In a McKinsey Consulting white paper published this month, they estimate 60 to $110 billion in annual value across the pharmaceutical value chain, nearly half of that being in research and early discovery. In his book, Future Care, Jag Singh predicts a world where information from wearable sensors is used to build virtual patients and, through the use of AI, flag patients' warning signs of illness or disability leading to a shift from a curative model of care to a preventative one. This could lead, hopefully, to much lower health costs and longer lifespans. In After Steve, reporter Trip Mickle identifies two areas Apple computers could tap for potential growth, personal vehicles and healthcare. 
the Apple Watch has basic features that ex- could expand in the future to include the sensors and features mentioned earlier. Telehealth is another area where AI could be used to improve care. In April 2021, MIT News wrote about a tool that can help detect melanoma by cross-referencing tens of thousands of images with that of a patient's skin. Tools like this will only increase as more physicians and patients grow accustomed to new features and look for ways to reduce costs. In the United States, given the aging population, relatively poor outcomes when compared to other rich countries, low physicians per capita, and rising costs of healthcare for both individuals and governments, it's likely that billions of dollars will go into disruptive technologies, making this one of the more likely breakthroughs for AI. Autonomous driving vehicles, if adapted widely, would also be a game changer. Labor costs can vary depending on the size of the vehicle and the geographical area covered, but a rule of thumb is between 30 and 50% of costs in the transportation industry are from labor. Tesla, Apple, Uber, and Google all have had, or currently have, autonomous vehicle projects in the works. The upside is obvious here. Any industry where you can eliminate half of the costs associated with doing business is an attractive industry indeed. Despite the tech sector's mandate to move fast and break things, this is an area where governmental regulations will play an enormous role in the speed of development and adaptation for this technology, should it ever be ready for prime time. The daily podcast episode, Ready or Not, Driverless Cars Are Here, looked into the ambiguity that many feel towards driverless cars. Some of that ambiguity is due to the fear of lost jobs in an increasingly roboticized and digitized world. Transportation is one of the most common positions in the United States, especially for working class men, and any threat to the status quo would have political backlash. If the technology improves to the point where driverless vehicles can claim to have lower fatalities over a long period of time, then this argument shifts from the purely economic to one of public safety as well. How this is framed will be, put, will be vital to restrictions that are put into place by both state and federal legislators. Before we move on to the second half of the show, a word from our sponsor. Do you enjoy reading but can't find book reviewers you connect with? Do you find booktubers more concerned with showing off their book hauls than like, you know, reading to be as useful as solar-powered flashlights? You may enjoy another book review. It's a spoiler-free book review channel where I review everything from contemporary literature to classics, genre fiction such as sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, as well as a large dose of nonfiction. If you loved reading as a kid but fell out of the habit and are looking to jump back in, or if you never left in the first place, you'll find something to enjoy. That's another book review on YouTube.com. And now, back to the show. The dream of AI revolutionizing education has been a dream for many for a very, very long time. In Neil Stevenson's novel, The Diamond Age, a young character uses a digital primer to learn cultural lessons in a world of nanotechnological wonders. This digital primer, which is able to pair a student with a virtual tutor that matches their personal temperament, pace of learning, and abilities, is the holy grail of education. The world's best teacher, attuned to your unique needs, available anytime, anywhere, for free. It's possible that Chat, GPT, and other AI software such as Midjourney, DALL-E, or others will evolve to enhance learning to this level, but it's unlikely. We've seen other technologies, once thought to be at the vanguard of upending the education model, MOOCs, massively open online courses being a recent example, have their promise quickly fade away. Since the dawn of the new millennium, edtech sales and student aptitudes seem to be heading in opposite directions. 
The gap between software of the past and a system similar to the one in the Diamond Age are in what Gary Marcus in the above-mentioned podcast calls the conception of truth. He says that current AI large language models are closer to fancy autocomplete machines, very good at predicting the next word in a sentence based on huge data sets, but unable to tell the difference between a historical fact and something that is made up. The difference between fiction and non. You can imagine how detrimental this would be if currently used to teach students in subjects such as history or science. That's not to say that the government will not try to close this gap. Although public K-12 education requires that four groups, teachers, students, parents, and taxpayers, work together for a healthy system, local, state, and federal governments can only control one of those levers, the teachers. If there is a promise of granting every student access to the world's greatest educator, what price would be too high? Should the government promote teaching AI the same way that it does reading, writing, and mathematics? The government, perhaps worried that lagging behind other countries will damage America's economic place in the world, could, a la Common Core, pass legislation that requires the teaching of AI, ethics, best case practices, programming, etc. to K-12 students nationwide. I think the likelihood of this is low at the K-12 level due to the perception that K-12 schools are failing students, especially at core subjects. But this would be a path forward should the government deem it crucial enough. A more likely solution is for the government to try to solve the problem at the college level, perhaps paying the way for students working towards STEM degrees. The Biden administration recently began something called Smart Scholarships in partnership with the Defense uh, DOD. And while there are relatively few students who have taken these scholarships at the time of this writing per their website, fewer than 4,000, this could be expanded should it prove to be successful. Additional funding to bring college students interested in these subjects up to speed, i.e. remedial classes, could also be allocated should the number of people in this field prove to be insufficient. In general, where will we see AI taken up the fastest? There are two categories here. Where will the tools of AI be used most frequently, and where will AI replace workers? The first is a lot easier to identify. White-collar workers, those in the professional managerial class, consultants, finance managers, software engineers, tend to be well-educated and comfortable with rapidly changing technological environments. Not surprisingly, we've seen basic AI functions being incorporated into search engines and legacy software such as Microsoft Excel and Google Sheets. White-collar workers will look at these tools not as comp competition, but as a way to augment their productivity. The second group is harder to identify. Per a World Economic Forum article from 2023, AI is unlikely to be able to replace jobs requiring human skills such as judgment, creativity, physical dexterity, and emotional intelligence. There are few jobs in the modern world that require few or none of the above skills. However, a couple quickly come to mind. Customer service and cashiers, where actions taken are repetitive and bound by a limited number of choices, are two such jobs. There is also a fear that those jobs where the output is documentation, lawyers, paralegals, editors, resume reviewers, etc., could also be displaced by large language models. It's very hard to tell just to what degree AI will change these and other professions because the tech is so new and the legal environment around it is so murky. This leads us to what will slow the spread of AI. The biggest impediments to the adoption of AI will be education, governmental regulations, and unions. On the education front, we've seen instances of the restriction of ChatGPT with the New York City school system moved to prohibit its use on school computers being a prime example. Educators, fearing the possibility of exasperating academic dishonesty, are restricting its use in classrooms. Rightly or wrongly, at the current moment, education is centered around the individual and their achievements. 
if we had a similar system as the one imagined in Addicted to Reform by John Marrow, which I briefly mentioned in the previous episode, maybe it wouldn't be this way, but we don't have that system. As I mentioned last episode, the education system's focus on individualistic achievement makes teaching the use of large language models like ChatGPT controversial. There's also the issue of size. The United States system encompasses roughly 100,000 schools, each of which has its own set of challenges and resources. It's impossible at this early hour to know how long AI will be seen as a boogeyman and if and when it will be seen as another tool in the educator's toolkit. If how to use and program AI is not taught in early education, it will broaden the skill gap, which could lead to a workforce that is ill-prepared to use these tools to their maximum benefit. Employers, while seeking those with AI literacy, have not, due to the early stages of the technology, begun to train their employees on AI best practices. It's unclear how long that trend will continue and where the balance will be between employers expecting their employees to have these skills and formal education's ability to train a future workforce. Part of this uncertainty comes from concerns about AI's impact on the planet writ large. In May of 2023, luminaries such as Bill Gates, Bill McKibben, and Ray Kurzweil, along with many scientists and professors in the AI space, signed a letter from the Center for AI Safety entitled Statement on AI Risk, where they state that mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war. In the past, the government has placed guardrails on potentially dangerous technologies, either through state monopolies, nuclear weapons, or legislation, to some degree human cloning. Given the skepticism about the impact of AI on society, we've seen the federal government take, albeit small, steps towards normalizing the use of AI. Joe Biden signed an executive order on October of 2023, which to this date is the largest step that the federal government has taken in providing a legislative framework for normal standard procedures for the creation of AI. Possibly the biggest requirement is that major AI developers must red team their products and share this information with the federal government prior to release. Red teaming is a term that comes from wargaming, the red team being the term used universally as the role of the adversarial party. This stress test will give the federal government information related to likely threats to digital and physical infrastructure that may arise from the lease of AI systems. This early warning may allow legislators to begin crafting laws in areas where it is most needed. An area where AI will likely be curbed due to these laws is law enforcement. While there have been horror stories involving misuses of AI, Randall Reed, a Georgia man, was wrongfully accused of a crime when AI ID'd him for crimes in Louisiana. He was completely innocent. The larger concerns over civil liberties and a public that is generally less comfortable with the police state than China and certain European countries will likely put the brakes on these technologies being used widespread. Given the growing pressure on tech companies over the last decade, I could I would not be surprised to see laws restricting how this data is used. Another fear that has arisen is from the proliferation of deep fakes, videos that are manipulated to such a high degree that one cannot tell the difference between a real and fake source. These videos could be used to spread disinformation and further sow mistrust of an already beleaguered mass media. Per a Gallup poll from 2022, the number of Americans polled who said they have a great or fair amount of faith in the media fell from roughly 50% in the year 2000 to 34% in the year 2022. This is all before the AI breakthroughs of 2023. Deepfakes will only continue to get better with time. The only thing that could counter this is legislation, similar to what is now done when ads are used by PACs or political candidates themselves. 
However, due to the viral nature of news and the inability for retractions and clarifications to have the same salience as the primary event, and the government's reluctance to infringe on what many would see as the rights of a free press, these are choppy waters. A code of ethics surrounding AI taught at top-tier journalism schools would also possibly make a difference, but as we've seen in the past, journalism is more and more becoming a partisan endeavor where clicks and profits are driven by the ways in which fear, anger, and outrage can be manufactured. This is not a recipe for anyone, even the mainstream media, to accept a code of ethics that they feel will put them at a competitive disadvantage in the news media marketplace. Unions could be the other roadblock to wider AI acceptance. The summer of 2023 was called, among other things, Hot Labor Summer due to the number of labor strikes from the Auto Workers Union to Hollywood screenwriters. The Screenwriters Union, WGA, won assurances that AI-generated material can't be used to undermine a writer's credit or separated rights, per an AP article from September. The AFL-CIO, the largest union in the United States, released a statement on its website soon after stating the AI dehumanization of the American workforce threatens the very framework of the nation's economy and endangers the existence of the already dwindling middle class while introducing the potential for discrimination in employment decisions. Though union membership is down in the United States from its peak in the mid-1950s, this maximist language ensures that employers, to the extent that they fear their unions, will think twice about pushing AI on their employees or taking up AI to replace their employees, or at least weigh the cost a little more carefully. Ultimately, I do think AI will massively change the world, but I think the timeline for this change will be closer to 30 to 40 years than 20. Of course, I've taken these technologies separately when comparing them. It's also possible that an advance in one will cause advances in other comparable technologies. For example, if advanced general AI intelligence can be combined with advances in robotics, you'll have a multiplicative effect. A 100% roboticized factory from order input to delivery would have a huge impact on the job market. Imagine a car manufacturing plant or Walmart distribution center without people. The likelihood of this happening is relatively low, though some manufacturers are planning for this. For instance, Samsung Electronics is aiming to have 100% of its chip factories roboticized by 2030. There's also a possibility that, like in Neuromancer, there is a wide buffet of possibilities in front of us that we see now, but there are still other hidden dishes that have yet to leave the kitchen. Given the competitive first-mover advantage that would accrue in this largely untapped world, it's almost certain that we have not seen the last game-changer in AI. Given the tech sector's vast resources on hand to break into this area, including the possibility of a game-changer and assuming instead a series of small improvements a la what we see in car manufacturing, I think we'll see products like virtual personal assistants and helpers, uh, for example Siri on steroids, or virtual romantic partners a la the movie Her, and the changes in healthcare mentioned earlier. In the medium term, I'd place AI on the same level or possibly a tad higher than social media, hugely important but nowhere as big as the personal computing revolution or automobiles in terms of social impact. Going po past this point closer to 30 to 40 years, it's still too soon to say, but the end of work isn't completely out of the question. More on that next episode. Finally, I'll leave you with this. If all this talk about AI made you feel behind the technology curve yourself, just remember there are still people out there who have never used Microsoft Excel and will still need your help entering formulas. Those people aren't going anywhere. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Elegant Ramblings. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please consider liking and subscribing to the channel on iTunes or YouTube. You'll be able to find show notes there. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Hope you enjoyed. Bye for now. <laughs>